0: When people will say, oh, Maggie's not, or Maggie is, or whatever. No, I'm centering myself back on who I know I am. And also, and I know you know this is key, surrounding yeah. yourself with people yes. who know who you are.
1: From Crossroads Media, this is See Here Love, the podcast with Melinda Estabrooks, season eight, episode number four. This episode is brought to you by Tyndale University in Toronto, Canada. Since 1894, Tyndale has grown to offer a wide range of programs at the undergraduate, seminary, and graduate levels. Melinda and I are both proud to be alumni of Tyndale ourselves and we couldn't be happier to partner again this season. For more information, go to www.tyndale.ca. Hello, my name is Addison Espilla, producer on See, Here Love. Season 8 is all about host Melinda Gets to Know You. On this episode, Melinda Gets to Know Her Colleague, Maggie John, producer and host of Context Beyond the Headlines. This is Melinda Gets to Know Maggie.
2: Well, welcome to See, Here Love and to another episode of Melinda and Her Colleagues, a series where I get a chance to chat and listen to the people that I work with to get to know them better, outside of being a TV personality or even a CEO. And today is no exception, because we have the host and producer of Context Beyond the Headlines, a Crossroads production here with us, Maggie John. And Maggie has been a national producer, field reporter, and TV host for more than 20 years. And in 2013, she founded the Baby Depot, which helps fight child poverty in the Hamilton, Ontario, Canada area. Maggie is the proud mother of Ethan and Joshua and wife to her amazing husband Elton Maggie welcome to see her love
0: hey Mel thanks for having me
2: yeah this is great I'm so glad we finally get a one-on-one opportunity Maggie because sometimes we've been sort of like passing through the green room or makeup room while you're hosting I'm hosting or it's in a group setting and so I don't know if I've really I'm just thinking ever interviewed you one-on-one
0: no, you 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 have forgotten about our long drives to Ottawa. <laughs> That's
2: um, true, that in was the good. past. Yeah,
0: during our when we would go up there for the prayer breakfast. You know, that was actually the time that I think we both got to know each other a little bit yeah. better, uh, right. which I think was good for us. I mm-hmm. hope. Um. So, but otherwise, we don't really our paths don't cross very often. Uh, yeah. especially in these COVID streets too. Right. Like we don't, yeah. we really don't see each other. So. Right. Yeah. I
2: love that. I love that time. I think we, we went up to the prayer breakfast and we also had to do a bit of like shopping, of course, uh, Of course, on the way back. Of course. Yeah, That was yeah. really good. Yeah. That was really good. And I think sometimes, you know, you're with these, you're with your colleagues, you know, I'm even thinking pre COVID all the time. You're sort of connecting with them. People assume that, you know each other well, you're best friends because you work in this space, right. especially Crossroads. And yet, you know, we don't, and it's for me especially, we don't take the time, intentional time to say, hey, let's connect. And so- yeah. No, this
0: it's is, so true because we're so busy all the time.
2: Yeah. So this is kind of an excuse <laughs> on company time to actually just sort of like hang out. It's right. really essentially what this is. Right. Has been. <laughs> yeah. There
0: you go. We're both getting paid and we We're get both chat. getting
2: paid to actually have a good intentional friendship time <laughs> to connect. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I want to start off with just a little bit of what I really respect and love about you. Um, Mm -hmm. I think we don't do it enough. We don't do it enough with friends Mm -hmm. and family, and we certainly don't do it enough with colleagues. And it's something I'm thinking, like, I think we need to do this. We need to start it. Maybe it's going to be some kind of, like, inspirational movement where we turn to our colleagues and say, hey, this is what I really appreciate about you. So this is what I'm I'm going to start with you. So I've been thinking about okay. what I really love and respect about you. And, and these are, um, four things that have come to mind. So are you ready? <laughs> mm-hmm. Number yeah. one, Maggie, since I've known you, you know who you are and you make no apologies about it. Mm. There is something so empowering and strong and beautiful about knowing who you are. This is who I am. Mm. And when I come into a room, when I am in, in your space, when I am holding space, there's no apologies. I don't need to apologize for, for who I am and how I do things and what I say, because this is who I am. This is who God has created me to be Mm. with the call on my life to do so. So here I am. And I've always noticed that about you. And that is something so incredible. Um, You
0: know who you are.
2: And I've always gotten that. That,
0: I I appreciate hearing that from you, Mel. That has come with a lot of prayer. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of just and a lot of counseling, mm-hmm. I will say, and a lot of just wrestling with God and figuring out who I am. And I think also, to be honest, I think I've fully stepped into who I am into who I am in my later 30s and now I'm in my early 40s and just saying, no, this is who God has created me. And as long as I'm looking for his approval, then that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. So thank you. That means a lot. Thank yeah. you.
2: And I've seen that. I mean, again, I think you're right. I think as we've moved through the ages of 20, 30s, 40s,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I've seen even in myself, which I've really this past couple of weeks have really said, well, I was not, I'm not who I was in my 20s. I'm not who I was in my 30s. And here I am in my 40s, you know, fully coming to a sense of me, you know, and mm-hmm. that's been a hard road. <laughs> it hasn't been easy, especially in the work that we do, especially in, you know, and we'll get into this as sort of a, a, a life of people's assumptions and biases um, about who I am. So yeah, I, I just want to say that because I always saw that in you mm-hmm. and I always appreciated that about you. Maggie, the second thing I love is that I have seen this from when I came to Crossroads, you are brave and resilient. Like there is mm-hmm. a deep courage and resilience about you that I've seen because I know it's not been easy for you through the years. I mean, as an Asian woman, for me, as a black woman in broadcasting launching something huge like the baby Depot and navigating through Mm. some tough situations recently and through the years. I mean, it, it takes Mm -hmm. courage, but also resilience to not give up and to kind of keep going. Even when Mm. things, people, circumstances, situations seem against you and not for you. I've seen you continually Mm -hmm. just to, it's like a stride. You just keep going and there is And brave is one thing. We talk a lot about that, Maggie, but there's a, there's a part of resilience, which is like that. We just press in and we keep going. And I've seen that in Mm. you, which has been really, really, really beautiful. So that's the second thing. (laughs) The third thing that I've seen is what I love. There are hosts and there are journalists. There's a lot of, you know, Christian, non-Christian, wherever you are, you know, Mm -hmm. but for you, I've noticed that there's just a real sense of curiosity and clarity mm. and just a directness in the way that you host and that you you, you look for stories and you pull out the questions. I, you, you're very curious, which I love. I think curiosity is something mm. that's that's sometimes missing within journalism and in broadcasting, like a, this hunger for to know more, to learn more, to know. Um, and in the curiosity, what's great is that you're very clear and direct in, in, in speaking and sharing and presenting what you have found. And I've always loved that
0: about mm. you as well. Oh, thanks, Mel. Yeah. That wow, that means a lot. I'm a I'm a full believer in giving people flowers while they're alive and uh, <laughs> and uh, giving them their dues, and that means a lot to hear that from you. That really does. Um, oh, and wait, wait, one more. Oh,
2: oh, oh, okay, go First, ahead. And go this ahead. is I know this is just for me as 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 any woman, but honestly, your style is impeccable and beautiful. I love. Oh. It. <laughs> You got to bring it. It's all like the character stuff. And then I'm like, no, your streamlined outfits. And I can just say this, the colors, the shoes, everything I love. So I just have to say that because I'm like, it's, it's all this, the package, but then, you know, I always appreciate good shoes and a beautiful streamlined, great color outfit. (laughs) Can't miss that. Can't miss that. So there it is, Maggie. What I love and respect about you. So that's, there it is.
0: You know, one thing I really love and and respect about you, too, Mel, is the fact that you have created a space to celebrate other women. And I don't think that that is um, I don't think that that's welcomed enough, especially in the church and especially and even beyond the church is just a place for women to feel safe. And that has always been something that you have just been on and have been Mm -hmm. focused on not just in see, hear, love, but I think in the way that you live your life too, Mel. So, um, thank you for creating that safe space. And again, we might not always agree. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we're at, as women, we're not a monolith. We have very many different perspectives on things, uh, but always creating a space for us as women to share our perspective is so important. So thank mm-hmm. you.
2: Thanks for that. I appreciate that. You know, it's, it's, it's funny because people, I think, assume that I know that. <laughs> and then mm. I get, I hear what you're saying all the time. Um, and it's funny you, you don't always, you know what I mean? I think a lot of people assume mm-hmm. that we, we, we hear this from our fans or friends mm. and you do, but there are times where you're so in it that it's like, this is the work. This is what I'm doing. Head down, do it. And I don't know. You don't hear it as much or you don't, not that I'm trying to pull out, I need to be affirmed all the time. It's just, it's nice. Thank yeah. you, Maggie, for that. Because sometimes you just go. No, I
0: think, <laughs> and I think leadership is a very lonely place. Mm. I said that i I just launched a podcast recently. And I said that like leadership can be a very lonely place and people think that you're being affirmed all the time. Mm. But I think people think because you're in a leadership position that you just know that. And as, as you said, Uh, affirmation is so important for a leader to, to continue to go on the direction that God wants them to go on. Just so important.
2: Yeah. No, that's good. Thanks, Maggie. So I've been asking all of our colleagues, these fun, fast questions just to kind of get a little, a little bit more, which is always fun and surprising. Like some people I'm like, Oh, I would have never guessed that, which is really fun. So here's our fun, fast question segment. So here we go. Are you ready?
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm ready. And I
2: yeah, and I say this cheekily about aside from your show and see her love, what is your favorite TV <laughs> or streaming show, past or current, and why?
0: Yeah, so it has to be anything on HGTV, <laughs> like literally <laughs> yes. Saturday and Sunday. My boys know they literally just turn on the TV and put it on HGTV. Yes. Uh, and so anything HGTV, I am watching all Saturday and Sunday because that is my veg time. Yeah. And I have to say, and then, you know, because I love interviewing and I love studying interviewers 60 Minutes every Sunday at 7 p.m. From the time I was little, I grew up watching 60 Minutes. Mm. My dad would always put it on. It has become this thing in our house we know 7 o'clock on Sundays is time to watch 60 Minutes because it's just like quintessential mm-hmm. Real journalism, and I am kind of a geek in that way that I love watching interviews. I love watching people do interviews and learning the good and the bad. So yeah,
2: yeah, HGTV, hundred percent me. Yeah, even the kids and even Chris are like, "It's HGTV again for Mal," and I'm like, (laughs) "It is," and because I love, I think what it is part of it is. It's I love seeing kind of the before and the process to after I've always been yes. there, right? Like someone, I love projects. Yeah. I love start to finish. And I think that is really beautiful. I love the process and all the angst about it. And then. Yeah. The beautiful finished products, you know? And so I love that. And I just love creating. If I wasn't in this role, I, I think I would have gone into fashion or interior design for
0: sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I, uh, I love, Yeah, I love designing and I love my home. And so seeing that transformation is is amazing. And I think 60
2: Minutes too, Maggie, that's neat because I do too. I love watching people interview because there are some that are really great and some that are horrible (laughs) that I Mm watch or I'm like, Mm -hmm. I would have asked a different question. Like I literally yell out to the screen, like (sighs) wrong question, follow up with that, you know?
0: Yes, yes.
2: You know, and I've learned a lot by watching people, how they interview, how they lean in, how they miss it. So that's really good. 60 minutes. It's an art.
0: It's It's an art. Interviewing is an art and uh, it's also a very humbling place. Mm -hmm. And it's also, I was saying to a a mutual friend of ours recently, that uh, being given the space and the permission to enter into somebody's story and to steward that story is a responsibility that not, many of us get. Mm. And so I take it so seriously. That's good. And so being able to watch how people steward people's stories is so important. Yeah, that's really good.
2: That's really good. I like that. Okay. So aside from you and me, who is your favorite influencer or host past or present? It can be anybody who's really influenced or host. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I was thinking about this. I really don't have anybody and I'm not saying that to be pretentious, Mm. But, you know, one lesson that I learned really early on in this industry is to not put people on pedestals. Yeah. And so I really – I don't have that person that I would say is an influencer or somebody that I like, oh, my gosh, I'm studying that person and watching that person. There are people that I might admire certain parts of what they do and how they live their lives. But I really I really don't. You know, a long time ago, I remember at a um, – a hairstylist who said it is a long way to the top and a short way to the bottom. Hmm. And I've always thought about that in the people that I've interviewed and I've interviewed a number of celebrities, you know, and people of influence. And so, yeah, I don't get, um, enamored by, by people or feel like, Oh, I have to follow people. So that was, that was really hard for me to think through. And I, I honestly can't think of somebody. Okay.
2: That's good. That's, that's honest. And that makes sense. I think that's a, a really good, I think we've done that. I mean, that's all celebrity culture. That's what our, our culture in this mm-hmm. has created and, 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 and kind of, I wouldn't say forces us, but sort of says, this is the person. And sometimes you're looking at that person going, why, <laughs> why are they Yeah, the influencer or the best at this? And so that's good. Yeah. I think that's an honest answer. That's really good. Okay. Aside from the See Her Love book, <laughs> always know. What is your favorite book, Maggie, and why?
0: Okay, so I have two. Okay. So I have this one, The Case for Grace, mm. uh by Lee Strobel. That is the reason why I have Grace tattooed on my arm. Yes. Uh, because you know, you hear so many times, like you read the Bible and you, you know, read Paul talking about Grace and and uh and But reading this book, and it's not to say like the case for grace trumps the Bible. I'm not saying that. But like reading the like authentic stories of people who have done crazy things Mm -hmm. in their lives, made mistakes and yet have found God's grace. It was just revolutionary for me. I remember one story of uh, a man who had killed Thousands of people have been responsible for the Kuman Rouge, um, uprisal in Cambodia and yet looked for God's grace and found it, went to prison, uh, accepted Jesus and has found God's mm. grace. So again, just this reminder that God can find you wherever you That's are. Awesome. And then the other one is uninvited by Lisa Turkhurst, mm-hmm. which I got my other tattoo, uh, from, uh, live loved is on my That's arm. Awesome. And, uh, and yeah, just essentially like living loved and knowing that you are loved by God, um, revolutionary. Two books that have changed Amazing. my life forever. I
2: didn't yeah. know you had tattoos. That's really cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, I have two on my like arm, like right on yeah. the
2: same like side.
0: Yeah, well, he yeah. can't. Yeah, so it's a line. Yeah. So I've lived loved, and then I so I got grace first with the arrow pointing towards me and an arrow pointing out, and that's a reminder. Yeah. That I need to show myself grace as well oh, as well, nice. you know oh. because it's easy to show people yeah. grace but show myself grace, and then I just got live loved this year, um, earlier on this year, and uh, yeah, just a reminder.
2: I've always wanted to get a tattoo. Two things. I yeah. I have some like painted version, <laughs> so that's one part. Okay. And second, yeah. I just like I don't know what I would put because there's some things I would, but then I'm mm. like it could be that it could be that it could be that because I think obviously once you get it it's like there it is right so look at two things but I really yeah. do want to get one maybe that's going to be something that I do in the next little while because Chris and I
0: let me know I'll hook you up with it let me know I'll hook you up with
2: really a good that's the other thing is that I don't know yeah. one that I can go to and trust and be like okay this is good okay because Chris and I were yeah. thinking about it and I'm like okay we need to figure that out but I love the grace with the arrow Cause then when you look at it, it's Mm -hmm. like, pointing. like, I think that's something I want. That's really like, it impacts me when I look at it, but it's also something outward, you know, kind of like looking.
0: Well, it's funny because it's funny when I got live loved earlier this year, the girl was like, well, don't you want to put it like on your bicep or, you know, like somewhere she's like, she's like tattoos are for other people. They're not for (laughs) like, she literally talked like tattoos are for like other people. They're not for you. And I said. No, I'm breaking the rules because it's for me. It's not for anybody else. It's really for me to remind me to live loved. I don't really care what other people see. Like, I just, this is a reminder for me every day. That's what I thought.
2: I thought it was Um, for you. Actually, when you got a tattoo, I thought it was for you. But
0: okay. I thought it was like. Yeah, apparently it's for everybody else. That's why people put it here so that people can read it. I'm like, well, how am I going to? like I need mean, this as a daily right. reminder this is for right. me so you're not going to get so, this sleeve yeah no <laughs> <laughs> not for exactly. me maybe for somebody else I've got a lot of friends but... with that I'm like
2: oh yeah I don't think that could be for me like just so okay yeah. I will I, once I do it I will definitely call you to hook me up with a tattoo artist. Yes. okay turning the tables you now have a chance to ask me anything Maggie You know, within reason, but you know, I'm open. I'm I'm really, (laughs) when I did this, I'm like, okay, wow, okay. But yeah, go ahead, go for it.
0: So as long as I've known you, Mel, you've always been pretty happy, like a chill kind of person, jovial. (laughs) So I wanna know what makes you angry? (laughs) Oh Oh, man, that's a- Have you ever been asked that question?
2: That's a very good question, good interviewer. Oh gosh, (laughs) what makes me angry? Uh, wow. You caught me at an interesting time. Cause I, I didn't have a great week this week. Um, just a lot of, okay. no, but it's just a lot of stuff. I think it just, um, came up yeah. and then old stuff came up and everything kind of came into this like crescendo. Um, yeah. Wow. What makes me angry? Um, I think, wow. Everything's kind of like crashing in my brain, Maggie. This is really good. Mm. I think what makes me angry, what's made me the most angry, and I and I don't want it to sound at all and I don't think it sounds it's cliche or anything, but I think what's made me angry over the mm-hmm. years is the biases and assumptions that have been made about me because I am an Asian, like Filipino woman. Um mm. and I never knew that was anger because I, I kinda pushed it down and it sort of simmered. I thought, mm-hmm. Oh, I've moved to Canada. That's just how it is here. I gotta just figure out how to work mm-hmm. the system. But as I've gotten older, I've realized because of that, I was, you know, marginalized and isolated and um and so many assumptions made about me that I was really angry about. <laughs> and I didn't think it was anger. I thought it was just mm. like, well and I and I tried to make it well, that's just how it is, right? Like I was just like but I I think now I I have felt the anger of Things that were said to me in my different careers, based on me being Filipino, uh, you know, the assumptions and biases of the Filipino culture and what Filipino women do. Um, even like being Filipino and then a woman, you know, that that has really come up in full force. About when I was younger, so many things that were said by men to me because I was a woman that I couldn't do. Um, And, Mm. you know, I, I suppressed it and I pushed it down. And, and I think over the years now I've come to Mm -hmm. realize just how harmful that was, you know, yes, you have leadership and yes, you have communication, but because you're a woman, you can't, so you can't speak on, you know, the pulpit, you can't even serve communion at our church. You can't be on the board. You can't, you know, and not having an outlet back then, Maggie, to really, speak about it and and the hurt and anger i had about that because i'm not changing my gender i'm not changing my nationality yeah so i think that's it i think i'm fully realizing that now at my stage and age and trying to figure out what do i do with that because that's years of hurt since i was like 13 yeah right um and I, you know what's interesting is that as we talk more so not necessarily being filipino but i think being a woman Just, just so Mm. many things said and done because of being a woman that were hurtful and harmful that I think I'm, I'm, Mm. I've dealt with through therapy a bit, but I think there's more coming to fruition now. Brutal. Yeah. Yeah, That's, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's a great question. It's a heavy load. I know what you mean. That's a great question because
0: I think. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for being honest. Well, I appreciate
2: that. that. That's a very good question. And no one's ever asked me that. So it's really good. And I think I'm going to like write that down in my journal about that because it's, yeah, Yeah. it's just been crazy. And I think now it's time to kind of really assess it, map it out and work through it. I think over the past two years with the pandemic and, um, and what's Mm -hmm. happened, there's been more space for me to really think through and process it, talk to, you know, the Chris about how I felt, which was good. I actually had some space, Mm -hmm. but I think now it's going to be a little bit more intentional about what do I do with this? like this hurt and how how do you process and then, yeah. And then take it from there and and Mm -hmm. be healthy and also be able to speak in a healthy space too, for other women. So that's awesome. Thank you. Thanks for that. It's a great question. Okay. So now there's, this is where we get to know you more Maggie. And I've pulled some questions just based on things that I'm interested in hearing from you, um, learning from you and things that I'm just like, Hmm, this would be really cool to know about. So, First question is, if you weren't a TV and podcast host and journalist, what would you do full-time? So this is not your job. What would you be doing? Yeah.
1: Sitting on a beach. (laughs) Like,
2: literally.
0: (laughs) Full-time getting paid
2: for just sitting on a
0: beach. (laughs) You know? Just sitting on a beach with a really good drink. Yes. Right. I'm just. I'm trying to find that job. So if I can't find that job, I would say any sort of advocacy mm-hmm. work. You know, like I love Baby Depot. I love, you know, what we've been able to accomplish. Next year will be our tenth anniversary. Wow. Of you know this ch- little charity that started in my basement and has now grown to a you know storefront in Hamilton, helping. Uh, we're just about to cross over a thousand babies wow. that we've helped, and Amazing. so. Yeah, I think advocacy, I think God highlights needs in our, you know, to us so that we can jump in and help. And so, um, you know, I think God highlighted this need so that I could use my giftings and skills to help in that area. And so something like that or, yeah, some sort of advocacy work, I think, would be really Um, up my alley. I mean, before I decided to become a journalist, I wanted Mm -hmm. to be a lawyer. And so, um, and then quickly realized I was failing my (laughs) law class and realized, (laughs) okay, maybe that's not an option. So, but there's always this justice Mm -hmm. in me. There's this desire for justice that's in my belly. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I think that's why I'm a journalist as well as just being able to highlight those stories and, you know, the things that I've done in my life. Um, as well so So if you
2: could so it'd be great if you could do advocacy while sitting on a beach full time right I don't know how we could do that but there's got to be a way like there's got to be some way you're sitting taking it all in well and doing advocacy
0: I just I just wonder if like the Bahamas (laughs) needs a Baby Depot or (laughs) Bahamas
2: if you are listening to our podcast Maggie John is open to Baby Depot and advocacy there
0: right (laughs)
2: You never know; somebody could be
0: listening. You know, it's so. You know, it's so funny when I opened the Baby Depot boutique. I literally got a call the next day asking about franchising oh. the idea. Wow. And I was like, "No, not not right now. God has not released me to do that." But hey, franchising the Baby Depot in the Bahamas—I can be sold uh, on I that. Think
2: one. I could be sold on that one. Do you need a regional manager? <laughs> Except so I wouldn't get anything done because I'd be sitting on the beach going, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. I have to start managing the Baby Depot. Oh, right, right. That was, that's my job here. Oh, that's good. No, I love that. Gosh. That's And it's really neat how it yeah. starts like that and then how we've ended up here. Because I think for a lot of us, we've kind of started mm-hmm. off something a little different. Like I was like interior design, fashion, travel, Bible college, I don't mm. know. And then ended yeah. up here and it's always amazing how God kind of takes us in that in that way who knew right yeah. okay yeah. so Maggie what is one of your most favorite moments in your hosting journalism career and your least favorite so we'll start with the first your most favorite moment of mm. all of hosting journalism all of that most yeah favorite.
0: so I mean I I've had some amazing experiences in my 20 year history of mm-hmm you know, my career. Um, I mean, you know, I've traveled to so many different places. I was in Haiti. Um, I'm hearing an echo and I don't know if that's just me, but um, I was in Haiti right after the earthquake. I've done all of that, but I think it was interviewing this man by the name of Tom hmm. And he uh, worked for, I don't know if he still does, but worked for Voice of the Martyrs. And uh, he was, you know, born a blue baby. So when he was born, the doctors, he he literally was blue. His doc, the doctors told his mother that he would not amount to anything. Like, you know, cognitively, he would just not be able to, to amount to much. And so expectations were low. And uh, and he has become this advocate for the Sudan, um, has built schools there. And this is a guy who doesn't have much of education, went to these people, you know, in in his line of work and said, what do you need? And they said, we need schools for our children. And he was able to make that happen. And as he told this story to me, he started crying and he's like, to think somebody who doesn't have as much education was able to give the Ugh. gift of education to a whole other Ugh. generation. And I just remember Melinda just like bawling. Yeah. Crying, Cause that's God, right? That like, that is God. That's mm-hmm. God using somebody that everybody else would cast away and say, no, you can't do this. You're not going to mm-hmm. amount to much. And here's Tom with, you know, this is a story of giving his little and God wow. making it much. And those are the stories, I think, that really touch my heart and, and remind me just of mm. God's faithfulness. Oh, that's beautiful. So, yeah, yeah, out of all the celebrities and everybody I've interviewed, I would say it's Tom, Tom. Zarowski. That is so it's good. Tom's story, and I, t- I say that all the time. And yes, I think that's what Tom. I think it's a
2: lot of times, and I say I speak for myself, Maggie, where I've missed the moment where God's like, let me do it through you, but I'm like, no, I've got it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it happen yeah. I'm going to create it and they haven't always ended up the best or have made a mess. But when you can let God take over in the worst part of, you know, your life and time, you see something really beautiful come out of it. I've seen that over and over in my life. Like the worst time of my life, the most beautiful things have happened because God has sort of said, perfect. Now it's about me and not about you. <laughs> That's powerful, yeah. Tom.
0: Yeah. beautiful from okay. ashes.
2: What was your least favorite? Mm -hmm. What has been a least favorite moment? Now, (laughs) I was thinking about this when I was writing this question to you. Well, I will. I got some least favorites. Lots.
0: Well, I, you know, I've had interesting interviews in my life where people have been like, they'll walk into the green room and they'll be like, okay, so this (laughs) is what I want to talk about. And this (laughs) is what I'm going to say. And you'd be like, okay. And those don't go well, right? Like that's always, I mean... You know, I do some consulting on the side, and that's what one of the number one things I tell people is like, do not come in to an interview with your list of what you want to talk about and give it to the the host. You are not going to make a friend. Um, but besides that, I would say, and I won't say okay. who the person was, but as a pretty big celebrity, um, had no. us wait for six hours no. for an interview and, and change locations. Oh. So, yeah, literally set up. Mm -hmm. You know how much goes into setting up Mm -hmm. an on-location interview. Set up and then being told, oh, no, we have to go somewhere else. Tearing everything down and then moving. So, like, out in, you know, setting up in, like, close to the airport in Toronto and then having to tear everything down and move somewhere else. And then waiting for another, you know, yeah. And uh, so that's just not cool. I'm
2: surprised you still did the interview.
0: So I would say that. Well, we were just about to pack up, like literally. I turned to the guys and I was like, "Okay, we're going." And this person <gasps> walked through the door, and uh, yeah, I was not. <laughs> I don't hide displeasure on my face very well, mm. so uh, they knew. And, and apologize kind yeah. of, mm-hmm. um, but then gave us our full amount of time. And wow. so, yeah, I always wonder wasn't... about that.
2: Like I hear about that a lot and I'm just like, I get freaked out if I'm like five or 10 minutes late, like you know what I me mean, to an event where I'm speaking, which I'm not, but I'm saying I have this like anxiety, right. but like, I don't want to be late. This is something that they're. Yes. You know, they're preparing for me. I've got to come ready on time. And it's a respect thing, right? It's a value of you value someone else's time, respect their presence, their, you know, workings to make it happen. And in hearing that, it's like, it's, it's like, I don't know. I mean, there's so much, (laughs) but it's, wow,
0: Maggie. Yeah. And I think when you get to a certain level, you think, oh, people are just going to wait for you. Yeah. I'm not at that level yet. It's not cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Neither am I, I. I hope I'm never at that. So, level. if you were like
2: six hours late for me on this <sighs> interview, I'd be like, mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe she's not sewing. Um, I don't know what to think about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd be it like, never um, happen. Dear Maggie, never happen. Comma, the interview is yeah. done. <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing it. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> we don't care. We don't want to see exactly. you, hear you, or We're love not. you and right God now. <laughs>
2: well, I'm glad we made it. Okay, that's that's pretty bad. That's oh, a that's a gosh. that's a at least favorite I can totally see. Okay, yeah, yeah. Right? So, Megan, your yeah. love, we talk a lot about being a confident woman. It's an, it's amazing how many women write mm. or talk to me to say I lack confidence. I don't know how to live out being confident, Mm -hmm. um, in my life. Uh, we, we had a number of shows about what it means to be a confident woman. And I, when I look at you, I really see that you really exemplify confidence. So I guess, you know, just want to chat with you about sort of your life process of that getting to this place. Is it an ongoing working, um, and and what would you say as far as advice to women who are, they just, in speaking, in presence, in even in confidence of, of making a decision to go for it, they just can't. What are your thoughts around that? Because I think you're the perfect person yeah. to ask.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. I, I, I think it is a daily a daily thing. It's a daily reminder for sure for myself all the time. As I said to at the beginning, I mean, you know, that has been a journey of of uh, just dealing with stuff. Like, why why didn't I feel confident? Why do I not, you know, stand in that? Why don't I fully believe that I'm loved? Um, and again, I think, you know, Lisa Turker's Uninvited book was one of those revolutionary books for me. But it's also just the reminder. Deal. I mean, (laughs) literally, I have to get it tattooed in my uh, into my arm. Live, loved Mm -hmm. to remember that because it's so Mm -hmm. easy, you know, to like feed into the lies and to believe all of that stuff, right? And we live in a hyper uh, social media world where you know, like comparison and opinions and all of those things. And even recently, you know, the scripture, uh, Romans 8 31, if God be for you, mm-hmm. who can be against you, was just ringing in my ear. And I'm not one to like, I'm horrible at memorizing scripture. There are some scriptures I know. But when God like plops that into your spirit, mm-hmm. you know that that's what you need right now. And the, And God totally did that for me this weekend. Just that reminder of if God mm-hmm. be for you, who could be against you. Um, But there's also another great scripture, um, Romans 8, or sorry, Romans 2, 29, that says a person with a changed heart seeks praise Mm, from God, not from people. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to read that again. Romans 2, verse 29, a person with a changed heart seeks praise from God, Mm -hmm. not from people. And so I just want to speak those words of life to my sisters that are listening today. For so many of us, we are seeking the praise of others and we are forgetting that the praise from our father, our father who created us, who knows every intimate detail about us, who knows how we think, who knows, as the Bible says, every hair on our head, he is the one we seek. Praise from. He's the one that knows intimately our heart, our heart desires. He knows the decisions we've had to make. He knows um, who we are intrinsically. We don't have to prove anything to him. And so, knowing that and knowing that the creator, literally the creator of all things, including you, Melinda, including me, Maggie, has full love and attention mm-hmm. in us. Wow. If we were to really actually think about that, like I think sometimes we say those words and we kind of just throw them away. Oh, yeah. The Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, God of the creator. But no, if we were to really sit in that and sit in the reality of who we are in God's presence... How can you not be confident in the fact that he has created you, he's chosen you, Melinda, for this purpose of being this advocate for having this show of pouring into the next generation of all of the amazing things that God is using you for. Knowing that he has put that on you and believes that you are the one trusted to be to be able to do that? Anybody else can come in the room and say, oh, Melinda, you're not supposed to be doing that. No, my father, my father, my heavenly father has called me for this purpose. So how dare you tell me Mm -hmm. that I'm not supposed to be here? That's the truth that I have to live in. That's the truth that I have to remind myself Mm -hmm. of because everybody has their opinions. Everybody has their thoughts. But at the end of the day, my job, your job, our job as daughters of the king is to make sure that he is proud and that he sees himself reflected in how mm-hmm. we live good. our lives. He knows everything. He knows it all. And so with that, you know I just I just hope that that's a, a good reminder for those of us who yeah, and that doesn't mean that I always walk in that again, I literally have to get tattooed into mm-hmm. my arm to remind myself that but um that's that you know that's again flesh that is our you know the the human desires in us that want us to to crave after other things um but when we center ourselves on who we are in god and his and his sight and how he sees us you have mm-hmm. to, like how do you not stand right. in confidence because yeah. he's got you he's got that your is back
2: beautiful here's the thing i think a lot well, I'm generalizing, but I, I feel from the the notes and texts and DMs that we get, I, I, I'm what I'm this is really mm. good. I think the women are not doing this. They're not sitting in the truth of it, believing it, mm. reading it, meditating on it, and then really fully believing it. I think we're so fast, we're so influenced by others, Maggie circumstances people praise of others that that rocks our confidence and who we are and that I'm not good enough but you're so right I think and I think that's good there have been moments where I've had to say I am the least qualified I have no journalism background I have no marketing background Mm -hmm. I have no fundraising background I've got a bible college certificate you know and people are like well how did you get here and I'm just like God God wanted me here Mm -hmm. so he made the people and things work out and me stepping into those places, freaking out and scared, and continually just moving in that direction, and here I am. And people literally are like, "But how is that possible?" I'm like, "Yes, all things are possible with God." Because I, I remember Maggie. I was at a.
0: Yeah. I never
2: get um, asked now to speak at like career high school career classes because the teacher will be like, "So what yeah, are the yeah, steps yeah. you took? Yeah, yeah. What, what secondary education did you take for this?" And I'm like. <laughs> Well, nothing like I was in, you know, and, and the teacher will be like, no, yeah. but Melinda, come on. Well, not really. Like, uh, you know, and so that's a good word. I think to sit and believe mm-hmm. that to really in your soul, heart, mind, believe it and, and get it. And it's not perfect. We don't do that every day, but Maggie, that's, and I received what you said. I, I needed that yeah. word today as well. Cause there are moments mm-hmm. where I'm like, am I really doing this? Okay. Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? God, are you sure? And you know, it's been clear, it's like keep going until I'm like, no. So that's good.
0: Yeah. For me, what's what's been big too, and I again don't do this all the time, far from perfect, but I am Mm -hmm. statements. Like, I am beautiful. Mm -hmm. I am a daughter of the king. I am a good journalist. I am a good leader. I am smart. I am trustworthy. I am wise. Like those things that I know that I know because God Mm -hmm. has told me that I am those things. And so when people will say, oh, Maggie's not or Maggie is or whatever. No, I'm centering myself back on who I know I am. And also, and I know you know this is key, surrounding yourself with people who know who you are. And, you know, that I, I've said, you know, recently, um, but that group gets smaller and smaller as you get older because you just, mm-hmm. you don't have time for, you know, all of the stuff and all the drama. And so your, your, your tribe gets smaller, but those are people that know truly who you are so that when you enter into those times where you're just like, oh, you know, what's going on or whatever that you can mm-hmm. send to yourself and people remind you, Maggie, yeah. you are this. Maggie, I love you because of this. Because we all mm. need that. We talked about it: affirmation, and not just affirmation. Because I don't need yes people in my life. Yeah. But people who know who I am, fully know who I am, and could speak mm. that. Our, our husbands are, you know, perfect mm. examples of that. I know Chris is that for you. Elton's that for me. Um, who mm. can be very honest yeah. and say, yeah, "Yeah, you know what? You messed up on that," uh, but you're, but and also yeah. tell to tell you what you're good at as well. But um, that's so yeah, good. it's so important.
2: Thank you for that. I, I It's a good reminder, again, for me too, Maggie, what you're saying about even the affirmations as well. Again, in the work, it's like you just keep going, you keep rolling, you're you're doing it, you're, you're doing stuff for God, you're, you know, and then I've been reminded, it's like, yeah, but have you been with me, Mel? Like you're doing all the work for me, but actually are you with me yeah. and spending time with me? Because that's more important than doing it for me. And that's been a big thing because I'm a, very much of a doer. Um, and I've had to really work on this, that, you know, production equals equaled value. The more that I produce, the more valuable I am that whole Mm. lie of things. And that's a lot with just some upbringing Mm -hmm. and all kinds of things. So I've had to really like untangle myself out of that, that even if I didn't do, and Mm -hmm. I was just was and received God's love, he would love me. Even if I wasn't outputting and doing all this stuff, which has always freaks me out, but that's been a lifelong learning and getting there uh, for me. So really good. In that Maggie, I, you know, I know people look Mm. at you and go, how does she do it? Juggle work, family, faith, friends, speaking, the new podcast, Baby Depot. It's a lot. There's a lot of balls in the air. There's a lot. Um, Yeah. How do you do it? How do you do that imperfectly, perfectly? <laughs> uh, you know, because I, and I'd love to hear too, because I'm in the same spaces and I don't do it well all the time. I need your help.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I
1: don't,
0: well, I don't do it well all the time either, but um, I, it's one, one word and it's Elton. Mm. It, it literally is my husband who, um, you know, uh, encourages me and when I'm toying around with an idea says, why don't you just try it? You know? So you need somebody like that in your corner. Um, someone who like, yeah, when I, you know, I'm at the end of the month going to travel to do a conference. Who's like, I don't even have to just like, yeah, you know, we'll figure it out with the kids, you know, just like someone who is just super supportive and we've both had, you know, um, chapters in our life where he's been super busy and has had to travel and then I've been super busy and have, have had a lot on my plate as well. And, you know, doesn't uh, get upset about that, but just understands that and gives me that space. So I think that's a really important part. But I also think it's just remembering, you know, I'm going to shout out Lisa Turkus again, because she wrote a great book called, and I'm going to butcher the name, but it's something like uh, mm. your best yes, I think that's what it's called, read it years ago, about saving your energy for that best yes. What has God created you for at that moment? So yes, I can clean toilets really well. Just actually, literally, just before I got it, I was cleaning my oh. son's washroom. <laughs> yeah. Like, literally. Yeah. So yeah. I can do that. I can do that really well. But is that what I'm supposed to put all of my energy, my eight hours a day into? Not for me, but I do know of people who feel, have felt called to, I I still remember the custodian Mm -hmm. at my old church. He felt called that that was his offer to the church and that was his thing to do. And so we all have that call. We all have that best yes in us. And so how do we carve out that time so that it doesn't get Mm -hmm. clogged up with other things? And so, um, because, you know, you and I know like you can get offers Mm -hmm. to do so many different things And, uh, and, and yeah, you can say yes to all of them, but is it, is it the space that you're supposed to be in at Mm -hmm. that moment? And so learning to say yes is just as important as learning to say no, I think. Mm -hmm. And sometimes for women, that's really hard. It's really hard to, 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 um, craft the skill of saying no. And so being able to know what you are called to in this chapter, in this journey of your life. And being able to confidently say no to some things and yes to others is going to create space for God to use you in that area. And so I think having a supportive spouse or person in your life, partner in your life, and also just knowing what your best yes is um, and what some other and what are other things that you need to say no Mm -hmm. to because another sister, another brother needs to walk into that space. Because that's a part of that's a part of giving, right, is realizing, no, not every seat is meant for Maggie. Mm -hmm. Not every seat is meant for Melinda. But I can also say, hey, Mel, so I just heard about this thing Mm -hmm. and I think you'd be perfect for it because I'm not thinking about myself. I'm thinking about, okay, what how would this best fit the kingdom of God and who is the best person for this? As opposed to saying yes to everything, because, again, Mm -hmm. That is not our best yes. Our best yes is sitting in where God has created us to sit at that moment.
2: I was going to ask you about healthy boundaries, but I think you actually just nailed it on this one. And I I love what you just said. I haven't heard that said in that way about the no or even healthy boundaries and juggling. It's also giving opportunity for others that you don't need to say yes to. Like that's boom, because I'm really working on that. And it's interesting because- when I started that, there was always a tension. Like I have worked so hard to get where I am. The fight has been, you know, you know, the journey has been long, but the fight to Mm. get my voice and my platform and God really had to work on that to say, yeah, great. (laughs) And now you need to give the opportunities away because you don't need to be doing all these different conferences at this stage in your life for this. And I, that's powerful Maggie, because that kind of reframes things. It's not, that you're saying no and being that way, you're actually offering opportunities for others to to be used by God in, in the best place for them. Yeah. Look, I One of the things that's interesting, I was doing a lot of youth things and I've had to say, no, there's other younger women that can step into youth stuff. You know, not that I, I love youth. I mean, don't get me wrong. Right. Like, it keeps me young. It's great. But there are other yeah. young women coming up that would be way better suited in that space. I was, you know, a number of years ago, but now yeah. it's like it's a different space for me. Yeah. That is really amazing. That's a good thought. Well
0: Yeah. I think it's sure. a king I think it's a kingdom mindset, right? So if you're thinking kingdom and not me, then God God's gonna bless the kingdom and yeah. and he's gonna use you through that, right? And so again, being confident in the space that he has you in and knowing this is my offering to the kingdom, but maybe this is not my strong point in this area, but it's Melinda's strong point. Hey, Mel, there's this opportunity that Next. benefits the wow. kingdom. That's what we're here for. I, we're, I'm i not here to build my brand. That's not what God put me on this earth for. God put me on this earth yeah. like so that the kingdom could be built. And so how am I doing that on a daily basis? That's by encouraging my brothers and sisters. That's by creating space for them. That's by identifying, yeah. hey, you need to tap this person on the shoulder because they would be great in this space that is building the kingdom of god here on this earth
2: that is i think that's a moment in this conversation that people need to kind of go okay yeah because i've seen too many women get burnt out because they're trying to Mm. do everything say yes to all of it and then we have absolute burnout Mm -hmm. a lot of anger a lot of broken relationships on the way um yeah that's
0: and a lot of dissension and a lot yeah, of yeah. a lot of separation and a lot of mm-hmm. us versus them, a lot of competition as that's opposed to how do we build the kingdom and, and a lot of lack of listening, like, yeah. you know, see, hear, yeah. <laughs> you know, like a lot of lacking of hearing people yeah. because you're, wow, you're just about really, yourself. Wow, that's
2: really, really good. I'm actually thinking through that. I'm like, that's a really great way to you know, especially the power of no, a lot of times people are afraid of that. It's like, um, if you're a people pleaser, like Mm. that's the worst thing ever. Like the no is the worst for a people pleaser. Um, and, and then the no is, Mm -hmm. is, is scary for people who are like trying to build their brand or, or, you know, but a lot of times I've seen people do the thing they should have said no to. And it wasn't in the fullness of like, it wasn't exceptional. It wasn't great. I'm like, Oh I don't know if that was the best person, or I don't know if they're really in that space to be sharing, because I think there would have been somebody better in that place to speak. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I've seen that as I've gotten older yeah. through it, which is really good because now I'm like, yes, yeah. I have seen that. I have done it. I have said yes to things. I'm like, I don't think at the end of the day in this yeah. space or conference, I was the best. I know there's probably somebody else that I should have recommended. That has mm. that has happened,
0: or. Or sometimes we say yes to things because we're afraid that if we don't, we'll lose that opportunity. Right. You know, like we'll lose another opportunity. And again, remember the scripture, if God be for us, who could be against us? Right. So again, creating that space and knowing, no, this is my pocket. This is where I'm supposed to be in this journey, in this time. Cause I think I'm a full believer Mm -hmm. that there are chapters in our lives. Right. And so what, what, as you were talking about being in youth conferences at some point in your life, that was your pocket. That was your chapter of your life. And maybe God is transitioning you to another chapter. And But it's acknowledging mm-hmm. that that chapter, that you've moved on, right? And so creating that space. But sometimes we're afraid that, oh, if I say no, then that will close the door. And it's just, it's all about learning how to say, you know what? I just feel like this opportunity is not mm-hmm. right for me at this time. But, hey, I'd be open to other things that you might be thinking about later on down the road. And, again, if God wants you to be in that space, he will create it. He will make sure that they call you back, right? I've seen too many people hold on to things so tightly, so tightly. And, you know, in our industry, people hold on to things very tightly. That what people literally have to claw it out of their hands. And it's not cute. It's not pretty. And so I, I'm a firm believer of holding things loosely and, and, uh, and, you know, I have a, a sign here. I don't know if you can see it. It says, let go. It, it says the Lord will fight for oh, you. Be still good. and release your grip. Mm-hmm. Literally release your yeah. grip. Oh, Maggie. God will so take good. care of it.
2: On that, you know, as a follower of Jesus what would you say has been the most transforming truth or story or characteristic of Jesus that has really changed your life? That has really um, set you kind of grounded Mm. to say that has really been one of the greatest influences of how I love and how I lead and, you know, and I'm always fascinated because I've met so many followers of Jesus and there's all different kinds of answers on the parts of Jesus or the stories that have really impacted them? What would you say for you?
0: Yeah. So (laughs) I have to go back to the OT for a moment, the Old Testament. (laughs) And I have to talk about Joseph's story because Joseph is one of those people in the Bible and I'll bring the correlation to Jesus in a moment. But Joseph's story is one of those stories of, again, Mm -hmm. the other word on my arm, grace, right? Here is a man who was sold into slavery by his brothers uh who was given this dream that God was going to do this amazing thing in his life and felt shame because he was holding on to this dream and yet you know through slavery through imprisonment through being lied on all of these things he comes out the other side because God is faithful and His dream is fulfilled and yet he turns around and loves the people Mm -hmm. that threw him into slavery, that disparaged him, all of those things. And so I think about Jesus and one of Jesus's last words on the cross was forgive Mm. them, God, because they know not what they do. And I think of Like, that's how God wants us to live, in that full embodiment of grace. Mm -hmm. And that is Mm -hmm. hard. That is so hard. Um, But I'm always just, uh, I'm, I'm always in awe at how God can see the mistakes that we've made, the things that we've done, and yet see us for truly who we are to peel back all of those layers and say, no, that's Mm -hmm. the Maggie, that's Mm -hmm. the Melinda I created. That's, Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, that's beauty. For me, that's grace. That's the reason why we do what we do, right? Like that's the reason why we share about Jesus every single day on our shows is because we know that God has peeled back the layers in our own lives Mm -hmm. and has seen us for who we truly are and uh, and so Joseph's story and Jesus's posture on the cross
2: powerful um, reminds is a good me good moment of that. Maggie as as you know you're talking and I'm listening just you know the moments of to just sit and remember and to read and I think to internalize it and take it so you know so many times when you're in this work or you've been a Christian for a long time you're just reading things and on you go read it let's go believe it let's go but you haven't let it mm-hmm. fill you and and sit in it and think about the repercussions or what that means like we hear the stories but to be joseph and to be hurt so badly by his family he had every justification yeah to be bitter angry you know what i mean and just be like i don't want anything to, i'm gonna throw you out i'm not gonna care for you because yes. you hurt me and how many times have i personally felt that in me the yeah. the, the finger pointing saying I have every right to be mad at you because you did this to me. But that harms me <laughs> more than anything else, right? But just what you're saying the grace part, you know, to be reminded of grace and Jesus love and grace for us, how could we not extend grace to others? It's hard. I say this and as I'm saying it I realize the weight of what I'm saying. It's not like a easy, okay, do it now. Yeah. You know, it's it's a wow, okay. Yeah. Okay, Jesus, you did it! I know I can do it. And good reminder. I love the story of Joseph. I always love that story. It also because it's one, of my, maybe one a of my one of my colorful robe, Absolutely. which I was like, <laughs> which I, <in> which <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. Because well, I can understand just walking around with the robe because I would be doing the same thing. <laughs> hey everybody look at my robe <laughs> look at this beautiful colorful robe right off the, right off the fall collection of 2022 oh, i got it first there's no other <laughs> this is couture <laughs> i'm sorry anyway no i i get that that is beautiful i'm gonna oh. actually, you know, i'm gonna reread that story again it's one of those ones you're like yeah i read it mm. park it we'll go back to it but i think i need to reread mm-hmm. that again and and Sit on that. It's good, Maggie. Thank you. So good.
0: It's good reading yeah. that story in different uh, translations too, because again, it just yeah it pops so out at you. So rich this time so with you, Maggie.
2: I, you know, I think the best way to end is I always end with an encouragement to our listeners. Um, wow, so many people feeling unmotivated, overwhelmed, victimized, marginalized. Uh, not feeling like they have the opportunity Mm -hmm. disillusioned by, you know, I thought life was going to be like this and it hasn't turned out this way, or I always feel like I'm fighting for everything and life is hard. Mm -hmm. What would you say to them? What would your encouragement be to the woman? Mm -hmm. Who's just like, I'm really exhausted and I don't know what's next.
0: Yeah. Kind of the things that we've already been saying, Mel, Mm -hmm. I think, uh, number one, you're not alone. And I don't know about you, but that, reminding myself of that, you know, like we all go through Mm -hmm. unique experiences, right? Like, you know, just the, the dynamics of what we go through. But at the end of the day, everyone has felt fearful. Everyone has felt sad. Everyone's felt angry. And so it is... The enemy are the enemy of us would like us to believe would like us would like us to believe the lies that we're in this alone, that we've been the only one who's ever gone through this. And yet God is saying, I built you for community. I created you to be in community for a reason, for you to learn from each other and realize that if I've allowed one person to navigate through this. I will allow you to navigate it as through it as well. I think the worst thing we can do is hold the life lessons that we've learned so tightly Mm -hmm. that we're not willing to share it with others and say, hey, this is the mountain that I've gone through. This is the valley that I've gone through. And let me show you what I've done. And again, yet your experience might be different. Know that you are not alone on this journey. And so I just, I want our sisters and brothers that are listening to know that you are not alone. That Maggie and Melinda, that we have both gone through fear. We've gone through doubt. We have been angry. We've been upset. We've been discouraged. All of those things. You are not alone. And that Jesus, and I, you know, I hate, I, I don't want this to sound pat like a pat answer, but also that Jesus is with you, that he literally is with you wanting to journey you through it. And it's just a matter of opening up and allowing that. You know, one thing I I remember growing up, and I feel like it's a cultural thing, especially a black cultural thing, is that you never told people your business. And so, you, you know, if you're going through a struggle, you just kept it to yourself. And if your family is going through something, you just kept it to yourself. So it was always this idea that your life was pristine. And I remember like, you know, coming to into full relationship with Jesus in my I was 19 years old and realizing I can't continue to carry this by myself. I can't carry this mm-hmm. load and realizing how important community was. And once I allowed myself to, first of all, lay a lot, all of those burdens at Jesus' feet and to realize that God has created us for community wow, has that made my life different? Because I know that, um, yeah, life's going to be full of disappointments. And becoming a Christian doesn't mean that everything is going to be great. And, you know, many of us like to sell that idea, which is just wrong. But that um, being in it with family, there's a reason why, you know, we read in 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 uh, Romans about family and and being a part of a family of god is because and being a part of a body it's because we all have to be connected and so how do we actually fully walk that out is by letting people in and uh letting people into our journey and realizing that this is not the end whatever you're in right now is not the end
2: Maggie, John, thank you so much for your thoughts. It was incredible. It actually was really life-giving to me today. You know, I needed that. It's like, you 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 know, here you are and here I am, Mm -hmm. you know, doing my thing and being a host and, you know, you have tough weeks and really it's interesting. Like I'm, I'm here to like interview you, but you really, really ministered to me today. It was, it was really needed for me and I appreciate that. And, and so Mm -hmm. in all of these, um episodes of the series Maggie. I do a blessing for each person. Um and I found this blessing for you. It's a little long, but I really mm-hmm. I don't know. I felt God just say this is for Maggie. And um so I want you to receive it. It, it it's a it's a bit long, mm-hmm. so I I want you to receive it. I hope it ministers to you and for other women. It's actually a condensed prayer from yeah. Sarah Bessie um on International Women's Day. And as I was reading it, I'm like mm-hmm. God was just like this is for you. So A little long, but I really feel that this is to encourage you, Maggie, in the work you're doing, in the influence you have, in the leadership um, that you're doing as a mom, as a wife, as a friend, this is a blessing for you. So Maggie, I pray that love will rise in you and through you, and I pray that you would be satisfied by love, that you would make your home in love, that you would make love your discipline, your resting place, your practice, your doctrine, your plumb line, and your identity. Maggie, I pray that you would be a woman who celebrates other women, and I pray that you would be a voice of truth and boldness. I pray you would wrestle with your own story until you own it, body and soul, and have learned how to make it sing. Maggie, may you be a woman of possibility and hope, a woman who Mm -hmm. rises above cynicism and bitterness into a never wearying never never-backing-down resolution. And I pray that the right women would come into your life at the right time. And I pray you would be surrounded by women who know what it is to love and to champion and to celebrate by women who are dreamers and schemers who live a bit outside of the good Christian lady box. And Maggie, I pray for spiritual midwives in your life, women who will breathe alongside of you as you are giving birth to the new you over and over and over again. And may you be alongside of women who invite you to go deeper, who make you more real, more honest and who know who you are without makeup or masks. And Maggie, may you learn and challenge and grow, and may you reclaim curiosity Mm -hmm. and wisdom and knowledge. And may you be a woman who is safe, a woman who does not fear, a woman who builds safety and security for other women too. And Maggie, I pray that the places where this world has broken you, where evil has left its mark, where you have felt abandoned and broken and hurt, where you are in pain, would become a wellspring of healing and wholeness for you. And I pray for the desert to bloom with flowers, And I pray for the dry parched earth to be filled with cleansing rain and healing waters. And I pray for your healing sister. And I pray for your wholeness. And I pray for your boldness and I pray for your voice to rise and may you witness a new thing brewing and may your very place of death become a story of unexpected resurrection. And Maggie, may you find your place in the big story of redemption, rescue and renewal that God is weaving together. And I pray for you to remember the big story of women in the world and to pay attention to their voices, to elevate and empower and affirm them as worthy and valuable, just as you, Maggie, are worthy and valuable. And Maggie, you've been called to the peacemaking life, the truth telling life, the mighty in words and deeds life, the fearless life, the she who the sun sets free is free indeed life. Because you have been called to the spirit filled and God breathed life, so may you live out the ways of Jesus into every corner of your womanhood always with an eye on who is alongside of you, ahead of you, and coming up behind you. And I pray that you would go further than we have ever gone, that you would be bolder than we have ever been, to be braver, Maggie, to preach the gospel of freedom and goodness and welcome fearlessly, that you will go where we cannot go, and we are praising God for you, sister. And may you pay attention to your anger and to your joy. Your calling is hiding somewhere at that intersection. And I pray you'd be a friend to the poor, to the oppressed, to the marginalized, not just an ally and not just an activist, not just a listener, but a friend. And Maggie, stop waiting for permission. Sister, it's time. May you rise Mm. up with your gifts and your words, your passion and your insight, your skill and your brain, your perspective and your history, full in the fullness of God. And I pray that you would cultivate joy and learn to embrace sorrow. And I come against the temptations of silence and despair and numb anger, Maggie. I pray that you would run the race that is set before you, that you would flourish in your lane while cheering on every other runner alongside of you. I pray that you would look fear in the face and speak up anyway. And I pray you would look hopelessness in the face and be the voice of declaring the hope of the Lord for the redemption and rescue and renewal of all things. And Maggie, finally, I pray for you when you are tired and discouraged when you feel futile and small and ridiculous, when it is tempting to shrink back and give up. I pray for rest. I pray for renewal. I pray for faith, for fearlessness, for boldness, for new courage, for new vision, for new life to come to in ways that surprise you and bless you. Maggie, you are set apart in your right now life for the daily work of liberation and love. It's in the name of Jesus that we send you out to your right now life, sister Maggie. Amen.
0: Mm. Amen. So Amen. much. There was so thank much you. in that, and I was getting oh, emotional. That's beautiful. Like, thank you. This needs that. to be
2: prayed over you and for you. So, thank you, Maggie. Mm. I mean, it was such a pleasure mm. to spend time thank with you. you. Really beautiful. We need to do this more. <laughs> I loved your thoughts. It's, it's beautiful. We need to hang out more. We need to do this more. Yeah, so thank absolutely. You. Thank you for sharing uh, this time with me. And to our listeners and viewers, I hope you enjoyed our conversation. And as you, dear sister and brother, as you do the daily work of liberation and love, not waiting for permission, but taking a step forward in the full power of God, know that today you are seen, heard, and deeply loved by God. Thanks for joining us here on See Your Love.
1: Thank you for listening to See, Here Love, the podcast with Melinda Estabrooks. Stay connected with our daily posts and stories on Instagram or Facebook at See, Here Love or join our newsletter at www.sehearlove.com.